Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Now, for a long while, I've wanted to go into the step-by-step details of the credit process, how to manage your score, if you've had bad credit, how to get it back up, what it means, the things you need to keep your credit good, if you've had problems and you don't know what they are, how to find out what they are. And, you know, the person who I know who knows the most about this is Mark, Mark Homer, but he's a very busy guy. And then the lady I'm about to interview came to me and she said, well, I really want to get into the speaking and I was looking for a way to help her. And then I found out you've worked at Experian for how long, Katie? I worked there for two and a half years. Okay, and you've been in the FS, financial services industry? So, yeah, I've been in financial services industry for over a decade, so my whole history in my J-O-B was all financial industry. Right, so this is Katie Wilson, everyone who's listening, and Katie, you're now, you've kind of moved on to be a professional property investor now. Most certainly, yeah, so you're armed time. So you're armed with some pretty valuable knowledge then, like having been in so. the FS world for 10 years. I like to think so, yeah. yes. Okay, great. So where should we start? You worked at Experian for two and a half, three years. Yeah. So Experian, who are they, what are they? Experian are one of the credit reference agencies. So they basically store a whole load of information about people and businesses and effectively they monitor how people manage their credit. Yeah. That's the main purpose. Okay, and they're one of the two big ones, are they? Um, there's a lot of different products out there now that are more okay. online based. Right. Um, but Experian is the biggest one, yes. Yeah. Okay, so if anyone wants to know what their credit score is, manage their credit score, etc., Experian is probably the place they're going to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Credit Expert, is that another one? Yep, there's there's quite a few. Um, yeah. What I've noticed personally from my experience in all of these uh, tools that you can get online now is that Experian offer the best quality data right. as opposed to the, the competitors. So. Okay, yeah. so that's where you go if you want to check your credit score yes okay so they offer um there's various tools online that i would advise as an action to take away from this is to sign up to for your personal consumer credit score as well as your business credit score so with more of us using limited companies now as the vehicle to hold and purchase more property then it's even more relevant than ever that you manage your business credit score as well okay so they're separate they're they're, completely separate measured tracked monitored in a different way so yes and no so yes, they're completely separate, but lenders are now going towards the blended score approach, uh-huh. which is where if you don't have the experience with your business, they will look at your personal credit score as well. So it's important to manage both because obviously uh, you, could, you, might be able, you might have a fantastic business credit record, but your personal credit score might not be all that great. Right. And there's always things you can do to improve that. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go through the, all the details of yep. what they track, what they measure, uh, how to repair bad credit, what bad credit is, what score means, what, how to maintain your credit, etc. Before we do that, what's the purpose of credit and having a credit score? Yeah, well, I think the, the main purpose is so that you can actually obtain lending from commercial lenders and high street yeah. banks, etc. So um, it's important for you to be able to be seen to be responsible with money in order for you to be able to obtain more of it. Yes. And the way you manage it and the way your business is perceived is really important. Right, so it's almost like a, a scoring system 
that the banks can use yes. to see your credit worthiness, lend worthiness. Exactly. And if, if you apply for a mortgage or any kind of loan, yeah. are they going to check Experian, etc.? Of course they are, yeah. yeah. So it's important to differentiate the difference between a search and a footprint. Right. So what we call them in the industry is hard and soft searches. So a soft search, for example, would be if you are looking to get insurance for your car and they do a credit check and they tell you that that's what they're going to do. That will appear on your credit record, but it won't affect your credit score. Now, a hard search would be, for example, if you're looking to get a mortgage or a business loan of some description or credit cards, they're classed as hard searches and will appear on your credit score. Okay, so as as in visually when you go on and the banks can access and see that visually or the brokers through the banks. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you have too many applications for credit in a short space of time, it can highlight as a warning on your credit file. And what's the, the reasoning behind that? Because it looks like you're desperate for money and going trying to get loads of loans. Potentially, yeah. It can highlight cash flow issues, trading right. issues. If you look like you're dependent on credit, that's not the way that, in theory, sure. a professional business is run. So. And is that why people who try and game it, they'll try and apply for like 10 credit cards all at the same time, hoping to get them all agreed at the same time so it doesn't sort of spread over their score? Yeah. I mean, it will just have, a, have an alert. If someone's geared highly, as I would say, it will come up with an alert box on your yeah. credit report that you yeah. look at. So it is something to be aware of. So okay. even if things don't affect your score necessarily, they come up as warnings. Right. So, so you can have a good score, but you can have warnings. Definitely. So it's not all about the score. It's not all about the score. Because you hear some people say, oh, I've got 999 credit. Exactly. And, oh! Yeah. Yeah. And there's always things you can do to improve your credit score. Even if, even if you think that you know some of the items on this podcast aren't relevant, if you think you've got a great score, but you might be able to actually reduce the interest rate that you get offered on the products that you lend on as a result of improving your score further. Yeah. So there's so much more you can do. Don't sit there and think, oh, well, I've got a great credit score. I've never had a problem trying to get credit. It's, I think the statistics are less... No, just over half of businesses check their business credit score. Right. So that's a lot of businesses that are completely yeah. either unaware that they have one or they're not checking it. Mm. And the other thing is mistakes can happen. So if a mistake appears on your credit file that's nothing to do with your business, you need to know how how to manage yeah. that and change it. Sure. When Mark first decided to be my JV partner, the first thing he said was, you you know, you look after that credit score with your life. Yeah. I'm like financially linked to you now. And it was basically like, right, here's the knife cut your arm, <laughs> sign the blood. So he made me do all the things like make sure all of my mail goes to one address because obviously I've got lots of properties and there was yeah. loads of things he got. Never miss a payment, especially a mortgage. Ah. And about, <laughs> you know, when I started 11 years ago and it was his money and whatever, it was I, I didn't see it as serious. Uh, and, and now obviously I do. And a lot of people now are going to joint ventures, which is great, and they might be using deeds of trust and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you'd agree it's still very important to manage and maintain a great credit score and history. Absolutely. I don't know if this is a quote from Mark Homer, but you treat it as the crown jewels effectively because that is your, it's part of your business brand as well. So it's important that it's, that you do everything in your power. It's not uncommon for businesses to have CCJs. Yes. But it's not the end of the world. It's just how you manage that in order to then apply for credit in the future. So knowing that you've got them is one thing, but proactively managing it so that you can apply for credit in future is also important. And you can do that through the tools that, for example, Experian offer. And 
like you sort of referenced before, having good credit is not just about getting the loan, it's about getting better rates, isn't it? And definitely. being more lend worthy. Yeah, definitely. Lower risk to the banks. Definitely. And the more products you'll get offered as well right. on better terms. So yeah. you can take the pick of the bunch rather than having a couple or maybe even just one product that you can get. Yeah. And obviously the increased interest rate, you're going to open your opportunities up much further as mm. well. What was it you did at Experian? What was your role? So I, um, I had a very mixed role at Experian. Okay. So I did communications and um, I was PA to the managing director. Right. And you said you had dinner with him just recently, didn't you? So yes. you knew what you could and couldn't say on yes, this podcast. Yes, exactly, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it's um, a really good company to work for. It's interesting the, the amount of information that they've got on people. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're looking at me like you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you could go and hack the files. Yeah, stalked you out. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, so let's go through all of the things that make up your credit score. So, you know, things like your registered address, how many credit cards you've got, you know, that kind of stuff that makes up. Can you just do like a a tick sheet and go through all those things? Yeah, okay. So what I've got here is sort of in my head, I'm thinking about the business side of it as well as the personal consumer side of it as well. So um, I've already touched on the blended score, which looks at both your personal and your business. Um, Now, Days Beyond Terms is something that will affect your business credit rating. So your Days Beyond Terms is the amount of days that your business takes to pay invoices after they are due. Right. If that creeps up or starts to creep up, that can potentially show issues in cash flow. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's going to affect your credit score straight away. So that's... Uh, and how can that information on a business be found? On your business credit file. So what I would advise people to do is um, go on the tools online, have a look at how your business is perceived. You can download a free report from most of these businesses and see what it looks like. And it's really interesting the information that they've got on there. They've got a whole section just on cash flow. So how you manage your cash flow from a professional perspective is right there, slap bang in the middle of it. So yeah, and then you've got alerts. A bit like having your internet browsing history, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. It can be as detailed as that, yeah. Yeah. So any applications you've made for insurance, which won't really affect anything, but they're there. It's really interesting actually to look through how things are affected and what you've done in the past that's maybe had a negative impact. So... Even if you don't sign up to one of these tools, because they are a monthly charge, my advice is to download a report, because then you understand what, how your business and how you are perceived by lenders. Mm. So that's another thing I would advise to do. And you can set up a monitoring facility so that, like your bank, if you have an activity that takes place on your credit report, be it for your business or personally, it will notify you. So you know, if you're applying for credit, you know that you're going to get an alert mm. and you know what it is. But if you get an alert and you've not been applying for anything, then that's when you need to yeah, be on top you know, of it. Like CCJ or whatever that you might not know about because someone might just... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, The money claims go on them. You know you can do money claims under a certain amount. Do they go on your credit score, do you know? You know, people go on money claim online. Um, I don't believe that they do. Okay. Uh, if it goes to court, it will. Right, yeah. okay, fine. All right, so, yeah, keep going. What things make up your credit? Yep, so um, I've touched on footprints and searches. Um, obviously, very simple, sort of, from a simplistic level, you've got make sure you're on the voters' roll for your co- consumer credit score. Tax return deadlines. So the tax return deadlines are pretty much set. But as a limited company, you can choose when you submit your accounts. Now, a lot of people don't know this, that if you submit your accounts even close to the deadline and still on the right side of it, you can still be penalised for that. Right. So my advice is to... Um, Align, weeks early. align your dates so that you do your tax return and your accounts all at the same time and you do it with a good 
a good couple of weeks in yeah. advance so that you don't get penalised because that can have a negative impact. Yeah. So not only will you be penalised, but it will show up and impact you negatively. Right. Um, what else have we got? So uh, corporation tax. So limited companies obviously, obviously pay corporation tax and that payment is due nine months within the accounting period. So my advice is to get an accountant to support you in your business all year round so that you can set money aside for that so it doesn't come as one big hit. Something that caught me out lately is um, VAT. So when you're forecasting what you think your earnings are going to be for the next 12 months, if you're going to go over that VAT threshold, it's important that you account for that in your numbers because you'll get a nasty bill and it will just wipe you out. Yeah. Well, potentially. So um, forecasting your earnings. The way you structure your business is a big one. So the way you structure your business from a person of significant control is critical because you might naturally think, oh, I want that to be me. But if you have a director with previous proven assignments or multiple directors, that is going to have a massive positive impact on your credit right. file. Yeah. So sometimes it's best to swallow your pride and put someone else in that so position. So if you have sugar on you, uh, <laughs> exactly. you'd be like, right, you can have millions. Exactly. Yeah. A bit like you know, companies and they have non-exec directors and board members. Yes. Yeah. So even non-executive directors, if they've got a proven past then they will bode well for you. Which is why Mark said, look after your credit with your life, because he was associated with them. So, you, so the people yeah. you associate with, yeah. borrow with, husband, yeah. wife, etc. cetera, yeah. that, that's linked on your score? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, does that, so, so how does that work exactly? You know, I've heard people say you know, that you're linked, but what does it mean? Your score is affected by their score? So if you are jointly applying for credit, the lenders... Different lenders look at every, every so every de- different lender looks at different people in different ways. So some of them will use a blended score, some of them will just use your consumer score, both of your consumer scores and your business score. And if you've got uh, dealings with other businesses and your name's on them, how are they performing as well? So they look at an overall picture. Yeah. But every lender's different in what they take into account. So you might have A, B and C. Some lenders will only take B and C, some will take A and C. Yeah. So it's very hard to say. So my advice is that if you Just proactively you monitor it, with. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you, yeah. Sure. Okay. Things like how many credit cards you have, overdraft, etc. Does yeah. that affect your score? Yes. So if you gear up too highly, that comes up again as an alert on your credit file. So when you say gear up too highly, define that. So gearing up would be for a consumer, from a consumer perspective, too many credit cards with balances on them. Um, and for businesses, say, for example, you've got a lot of mortgages now, a lot of property investors are bound to have a lot of mortgages, but it's the ratio of loan loan to value, yeah. basically. So it's important to try and balance that out um, because that will come up as a warning right. uh, with a big red uh, triangle on your credit yeah. score. What if you have no credit cards? Is that good or bad? It, it can be perceived as negative because you've got... No you've got exactly. Yeah. So those who are... What, what lenders want to see is that you are responsible with your borrowing. So they need to see a history, but they also don't want to see too much lending so you appear to be dependent on credit in yeah. all different forms because every day people use credit cards for business expenses or whatever. And it would make sense, especially for property investors, to have a couple of mortgages and maybe a credit card. That's fine. But if you're trying to sort of load yourself up and go out and buy 20 houses, 20 mortgage applications, that's not going to bode well for you. Yeah, It will have the opposite effect. Right. So, yeah, it's just important to be aware that there is a balance and it is different with every person and their history as yeah. to how that is perceived by lenders. Yeah. Mark always used to say to me, make sure that, you know, you have all your mail only going to 
one address because when you're a property investor you own loads of properties and you can move between them is that important I have to say I've not heard of that actually affecting your credit score right, okay. um, but yeah I can see I can see why that would be important yeah. um, the other thing to think about that's that's sort of coming in that was that was sort of mentioned to me is um, business reputation score so there's no escape from the internet nowadays with the power of the internet it's there's all these different companies out there like Trustpilot, TripAdvisor, Google Reviews. So if you search for a business, different businesses come up with different reviews. And um, So basically, lenders can go and Google lenders you. Lenders are doing that now as well. Cheeky lenders. Yeah. yeah. So it's important that you manage sort of your customers as well as your creditors and uh, suppliers as yeah. well. So yeah. when uh, suppliers are looking to give you just a credit account, so you can get products to do refurbs, for example... It's important that you manage your business credit score for that mm. and your reputation score. But businesses are now being monitored on their website navigation, on their SEO, on their web presence and their Facebook uh, social media presence. Yeah. So this all is like of these 1984, things, isn't it? It's yeah, like it, not, you can't do anything without... Yeah, all of these things people might not even be aware of, but yeah. you are being watched by... If, if you sure. apply, for example, yeah. you, they'll check. But the great thing about this kind of information is if you're on top of it and you know all these things, you can obviously manage it yeah. a lot better than if you're... I think a lot of people, they bury their head in the sand a bit about it, don't they? And just don't... Yeah. Well, I, in fact, this is probably will be the first pers- podcast that's kind of gone into all of these details. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not something that you should just stick your head in the sand yeah. and hope will go away. Credit doesn't increase itself, does it? No, absolutely not. Okay, so is there anything else that affects your score before we go into how to fix your score? Um, I think the way that you manage your cash flow from a professional perspective is important. So I've touched on cash flow being part of your credit score, but if you use an accountant, they will help you to manage all your outgoings as well. So you have cash for uh, for invoices, for tax bills, etc. And that they will help show you how to balance that on your credit score to help improve it. Right. So I think other than that, We've pretty much covered Great. everything. Okay, so what are the main things? Like if you could pick three-ish main things that will damage your credit badly, yep. what are they? Um, paying late, yeah. paying your creditors late, um, gearing up too highly. So another point with gearing up too highly is, especially with property investors, is I nearly made the mistake of get a mortgage on a house, you know, 25% mortgage, and then in six months after I've refurbed it, I'm going to refinance it. And that actually is not the way to do it because you think, oh, well, that's okay to do that, but you could probably only get away with that once and then you will get, not blacklisted, but they'll, the lenders will look negatively upon you for doing that. So basically refinancing loans too early? Yes. Too many too early? That can have a big impact. Okay, and so obviously that's quite a... A simple thing to miss and quite potentially common for people looking to get into yeah. property and so, build a portfolio So how quickly. do you get around that then? If you know, I mean, you're a yeah. property investor as well. How do you get around that? Is it a question of doing different strategies, timing your refinances? Exactly that. Lend- if you go with different lenders, does that help a bit? Um, not necessarily, no, because they share information. Right. So my advice is if you can, pay cash for the property if you're planning to do a refurb, refinance and then refinance it in six months. Yeah. That's okay to do. Mm-hmm. Or there's products out there with further advances. Yeah. There's other creative ways of, of financing property. Uh, yeah, good. get advice off a good broker. Get advice off a great broker. Yeah. yeah. On that note of buying cash, yeah. um, a lot of people think that's harder than it is. 
you know, there are millions of millionaires and there are a lot of people right now with money in the bank, which is earning nada in interest. Yep. And Mark and I, for a long, long time, haven't bought on the way in on a mortgage. We'll go and buy cash. We've got this um, 90,000 square foot deal. We're still in the process of um, going through to exchange. It's been agreed that, you know, there's a, maybe there's a 5% chance that won't happen. So I'm just making that point clear. Yeah. But we'll, you know, that'll be millions of pounds purchase price, but we'll buy it cash, uh, you know, and then later on, maybe once all the units are developed, we'll raise the finance on it. We did that with our recent 37 unit conversion. Mark, it's 37, 36, 38. You probably heard me say one or two numbers different, Mark, which slightly, yeah, I think it's 37. Yeah. Um, so we did the same thing. We went in a JV partner, put all the money in, yeah. and then you know refinance later. Uh, and there's always someone out there with some money and they uh, kind of don't really know what to do with it. Yes. So I just wanted to make the point that people could hear you and go, oh, well, the game's over because you've got to go out and buy cash or properties and that, oh, that, I don't have the cash, that's really impossible. Uh, but it isn't. You actually just said you've raised quite a few hundred grand, haven't you? Yes. So I have to admit, when I first like got into property and I came to a couple of progressive events and people were saying, oh, I've raised this and mm. I've raised that. I was thinking, yeah, not me. That's never going to yeah. happen. And I've got... I like to think I've got a way about me that I'll go out and get, but um, I've found it to be one of the easiest parts of actually my whole property journey. So if you position yourself right and you network, it's like everything you say really, if you network properly and you hold yourself in a certain way and build your own brand, which I think I've done quite well in a very short space of time, I've managed to... I mean, we've got 500,000 at the moment. Yeah. We're looking to secure another 200,000 by the end of the month. So yeah. it does come. And actually, most of that has come from my personal um, network. Interesting. Because people have seen what I've been putting on yes. social media and saying, I want a piece of that pie. Mm. So actually, the way that I then present what I've got. That's an interesting spin-off. You know, you get into the progressive communities or wider property communities and you go in and you assume that's where all your money's going to be. Exactly. But all the money that was in your existing network all of a sudden seems to rise to the surface. Yeah. One, and they'll watch you for a bit first. So, you know, when you came to your first progressive course, all your friends and family weren't going, oh, Katie, here's the money. They probably didn't even say anything. They watch you. And then after, you know, I bought this property, did this deal, did this deal. You know, you, you're, I know you're very active on social media. Then the risk is less to them. Yeah. Uh, and then they seem to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really good point. It is, I mean, if you were to ask me what is easier, raising the money or finding the, a really good deal, raising yeah. the money is way easier. I completely agree. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, and sometimes you just have to have a bit of faith in the world and faith in the courses and faith yeah. in the community. Go out, learn, do what you're told, stay yeah. open-minded, treat everyone well. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I was talking to someone about that's part of the progressive community a couple of weeks ago is that I put on my social media the smaller little things that I'm doing as well as the slightly more high-end strategies. Because actually there's some people out there that will be completely intimidated Mm. by these higher-end strategies and think, oh, I need hundreds of thousands to to help this person or to be involved and have a piece of that pie. But actually, if a couple of people root together and put 20 grand in, then that could buy you a house, could buy you a HMO. So don't write off the fact that you're doing small things and yeah. tell everyone, like you say, tell everyone what you're doing. Yeah. Because actually, the money for me has come from people I have worked with who I would maybe have thought, yeah, they've probably got some money behind them, but actually, they've been watching me for a while yes. and they've then proactively come to me. I've not ever had to ask for that money. Yeah. It's all come to me. Yeah, and uh, you never know how much money someone's got. 
No. You just never know. They're never going to tell you. No. Oh, you go to that property course. I've got four hundred twenty-two thousand pounds sitting in the bank. Let me know how it goes. Exactly. They're never going to do that. And people can surprise you yeah. with some people. They've got less than they say. Other people have got a lot more than they say. Mark was like that. Mark never told me how much money he had. It's a bloody good job he didn't. Because if he had <laughs> done, I'd have been way more desperate and I'd have probably put him off me. <laughs> and then one day he got, I got really drunk. Well, I don't drink anymore. I'm drunk for years. But, you know, like in 2005 and six, you know, seven, we were having a good time. I always say to people, enjoy the journey, not the, just the destination of property. Yeah. And, you know, we were going out a lot and he got really drunk. And he's still cryptic. He was slurring like crazy, but he said, I've got enough money to buy 12 <laughs> properties in this area for cash. And like the next day, I was like, Mark, did you mean that? And he was like, oh, no, which he did. Um, but yeah, it took him a long time to tell me how much money he'd got. And by that time, he watched me. He saw what I did. He trusted me. We did some deals together. So I think it's great advice. Yeah. Anyway, should we get back to the, the credit bit? Yeah. So if someone's credit is a bit low, um, what can they do quickly to remedy it? So I think the first thing is it's going to be different for every person because of what they may have done to have low credit. So, so step one is go and get it, look at it, Go check and look it. at your report, definitely. Go and look at your report, set up um, the reminders so that you get the notifications if anything goes on your credit file. Yeah. And you can actually, if you where you get the report from, so say for example Experian, they will help advise you of the steps you need to take to address either a mistake or something that's on there. So like I said before, a CCJ on your credit file is not the end of the world, but how you manage it is important. Yeah. So you need to be... So when you know it's be, on there, for example, you can phone them up and you can try and get yeah. it removed or do yeah. what you need to do to sort it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you negotiate with credit card companies? So if you've got a late payment, you can get it off your score? It depends on the circumstance of the late payment, as an example. So when I used to work um, at a bank, I used to actually deal with this. And right. it depends. You sort of have to prove that it's a mistake, yeah. that it's happened, but they can be removed, yes. Right. So they have a whole team of people that sit there and recorrect what yeah. automatically goes on your credit file. And this is the point. It automatically goes on there. Yeah. So if there's a mistake in the system for some reason... It happens quite often that, yeah. that you can have a mistake on your credit file. Right. So monitoring so it's it is It's definitely worth key. a go then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah, the companies like Experian are there to help advise you of how you can get this stuff removed. Yeah. Um, and um, you just need to be diligent in, in managing it on a long-term basis. Yeah. And it's much easier to interpret what we're talking about today if you actually just download a sample report. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh, one of the main things I would advise to do. Uh, pay your bills on time. Very simple. Get all your direct debit set up so you don't have to then exactly. do it manually. Yeah. yeah, you're better off overpaying and then you can get it back. Don't think because you've paid it off you know, with a credit card company that you can't get that money back. Yeah. Um, register on the voters' roll. Submit all of your returns. So basically, you need to appear to be professional yeah. and in the way that you run business. Sure. And run, running business is also a consumer side of it and how you run your, your debt yeah. effectively. Is there like a score that's like par, above par, excellent, all that kind of thing? Because when you look at the report, it has even different, different colour code, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It, it, or, or is that just too generic? Yeah, it is a bit. It depends on, on each person. But um, the higher the number, the better your score. And the maximum number is? I've never seen anyone over 1998. No, I've, we've had 999, Mark and I. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Oh, look at that. 
Thank you. But there's always improvements that can be <laughs> yeah. made. And the max score is 1,000. I think so, but yeah. I've never seen it. No. It's like a myth. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, what else should we talk about regarding credit? How to keep good credit? How to get more money? Anything else we need to cover? Um, I think I think that's it, if I'm honest. There's probably... So what I'd say is I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not saying that the way that I've given these tips is the be-all and end-all yeah. and the only way to do things. But if you're going to make decisions that are going to affect your credit score negatively because you're going to go out and buy four, get four mortgages with the money that's just coming into your bank, yeah. then that's fine, but be conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. So, Is there anywhere you can go to get advice so that before you do something, you'll know the knock-on effect of your credit score? So if you were to sign up for one of the tools, on a reg- so you sign up and you pay monthly, if you were to sign up to that, you get the support 24-7, basically. So you can ring up so and So you can find out and say, I'm about to do this. Is this what the right th- way to do it? And, and they'll, they'll tell you up straight, will Completely, they? Completely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're highly trained, the people that, that take the calls in these types of businesses, because they can't, they can't put yeah. a foot wrong. Right. And they have to have a high credit rating to work there as well. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Like, if you go to Odomar's PGA, you have to have one of the watches. <laughs> okay, so before you worked at uh, Experian, yes. you worked in banks. Yes. Okay, so uh, which bank before Experian? It was Capital One. Okay. So it's a credit card company, but right. it's technically a bank. So well, what yeah. did you do there? I was there a long time, and I worked my way from the ground up, effectively. Yeah. So I started on the phones, and actually that gave me a really good view of how credit works, because... On a day-to-day basis, you'll speak to the customers. And what did you learn on the phones? What are the top things you learned? You you learn about sort of how, sounds bad, but ignorant customers can be about their right. credit. Okay. And, you know, oh, it's not my fault because something's happened in, you know, in the world and I couldn't get my payment in on time. Right. It's not and really... And that sort of excuse just doesn't cut it. It won't wash. No. No. So there has to be a justifiable reason yeah. uh, as to why, if you have a late payment, because it appears as numbers in months. So. Yeah. If you have one month, it'll appear as a one, for example. And um, they can be changed. But most of the time, I would spend time educating customers about their credit file. So just understanding how you and your business, or just you, are perceived. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you you were to download a credit file, you you would understand just by looking at that so much that you probably don't realise today. Yeah. Uh, what else did I learn from? Yeah, as you went up the banking world, what did you learn about what the banks know about us, what the banks do, how the banks work that might be useful? You're almost poacher turned gamekeeper, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You worked in the banks and been for a decade, and now you're a property investor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the well, especially the credit reference agencies, they know a lot about you. It's surprising. I don't want to go into too much detail about what they know because I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable and I don't yeah. want to get in any hot water. But yeah. Um, but you're saying they know more about us than we probably think they do. Yeah, but you are able to get that information and you're able to talk to them about it. So do it, yeah. for sure. What you mean, phone up the, the banks that you use? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, you can do that as well. But um, I think you'll probably get more out of the credit reference agencies right. than you would the banks. So the banks technically have a system where if you pay late, it automatically updates on a system and it automatically updates on your credit file. It's all electronic. Mm. They don't really have much to do with it unless there's a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where it all sort of feeds into one place and all the information is stored with the, yeah. the reference agencies. And there's lots of different products out there now where you can look at your consumer score for free. Yeah. So sure. there's no excuse not to do it. No. Okay. So 
how much of your lendworthiness, your mm. creditworthiness, is all this score and system, and then how much of it is reputation of you and who you are, and then does it change if, for example, you go from retail to commercial, etc.? I personally don't know if it changes if you go from retail to commercial. Um, what I do know is that with your companies, I think Mark Homer touches on this, where if you have a great relationship with your bank manager, that's a big plus. Yes. So um, it's seen as a much more personalised way of looking at things. So if you need lending and that bank manager, know, well, the relationship manager knows you, then you stand a good chance of getting credit. But it's, again, it's coming back to you can still improve the rate that they give you sure. by by your actual credit yeah. score. So I'd say most of the percent of what it could possibly be is from your credit score, yeah. the hard file that you have that yeah. okay. dictates what, you, what your lending is. I was hoping is. for a bit more gold in there, but <laughs> sorry. It, no, no, don't be sorry, you can only tell me what you know. We have definitely found over the years that basically as you go up further floors in the bank, yeah. you are more important and you earn more money because obviously the, the cashier clerks are on the ground floor and up yeah. and up or sometimes down, depending on if it's a boutique bank. Uh, and um, we found that the more money we borrow at the bigger rates and get floating charges and they, they, you know, they don't want to lend us 75 grand anymore, it's too small for them, they'll lend millions. We found that the relationship we have with the, you know, yeah. the, the individual or the bank manager seems to be as important as the, the score. Yeah, I think from a from a higher level, from the commercial side of things, so in business, then definitely. Yeah. But I think, you know, with Progressive, with the business that you are, you've got a lot of people sort of coming into property as a new as a new way of, of earning money. Yeah. They want, they're most likely gonna set up a limited company. Yeah. And from their perspective and that majority, for which I know a little bit about, it's definitely yeah. about about the hard credit score. I mean, I, I had a meeting with my relationship manager yesterday at the bank to try and get a client account for my right. service accommodation business. I can't get one. Really? I've got a fantastic credit score. Right. But they won't give me one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna work out how to get around that. There's always a way. Yeah. But um, you know, even people with fantastic credit scores, I've got a history of successful businesses in the past. Yeah. I've got a good uh, non-exec director on my business. Oh, great, yeah. Um, I don't really need any lending. It's yeah. more about just being able to hold money. Money, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's definitely sometimes the anomalies. Uh, we've definitely found higher up with the, the, the higher commercial lenders, loan to value is negotiable. Yeah. Rates negotiable. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, I personally haven't got to that stage yet no, in my right. property career. Sure. So I've not really come across it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's still very a computer that gives the answers yeah. at the lower level. So, so actually, find out what the computer measures. Exactly. By going back through this podcast. And it's so easy to do. Yeah. It's so easy to look at that report, to sign up to it, to manage it. You can get all the help you need. You can even get letter templates to be able to write to the creditors. I've done it before to right. get mistakes taken off and to address loans so, so you can restructure them to get them paid off quicker, etc. Yeah. So yeah, there's so much you can do. Yeah. And they can advise you on how to do it because it's different for every person. Well, you know what, Katie? It's been insightful and a privilege to get someone who used to work at Experian to talk about credit. I mean, that is, who else is going to be able to provide a podcast like that? I want to say thanks for coming down. You've thanks come down from Nottingham. Me. I have, yes. So thanks for taking time out of your busy day to come and share this information with us. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Rob.